It is 2.25 in the morning. I don't know what I'm doing. I was sleeping a little earlier than I, I woke up. And I can't get back to sleep. So I just decided, you know what? Instead of recording this tomorrow on Thursday, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and do it now just to pass the time until I feel sleepy again. I got this thing that my mom my mom's had it pretty much my entire life where she would hear like the sound of a pin dropping in the middle of the night and she would wake up like fucking Ted Bundy was in the house. She would wake, she would check all the bedrooms, she would go downstairs, she would do all these things. And then she couldn't get back to sleep for the rest of the night and she would she would be up until, you know, whenever. She would be up until sunrise. And then she couldn't get back to sleep then. She had to go to work or go do something, whatever it was. So that was a rough time. And I feel like I've inherited a little bit of that. I don't know if it's like the ADHD shit, what it is, but it's uh, it's a rough one. We are in March. This is March 1st, or it was March 1st yesterday. I guess it's March 2nd now. And uh, we just keep getting these weird snowfalls that just come out of nowhere. I guess in, in Canada, it's like that. You just, the weather's bipolar. You think it's nice, but it's just kind of fucking with you. It's almost like playing, it's almost like springtime plays hard to get here. Like you think it's going to be nice out one day, and then all of a sudden, boom, a snowfall. There's traffic everywhere. People are trying to push their cars out of ditches and out of snow banks, and it's a whole thing. And then I live in the city. I live next to a big bridge where, like, the river's all frozen over. It's a beautiful sight in the wintertime. It's, it's wonderful. But I got to walk over the bridge to get to the subway station. And the snow plows, they push all the snow onto the sidewalks. So you basically, it's, it's like the revenant every time I'm trying to get somewhere. I gotta like try. I gotta wear my big snow. I'm usually wearing Timberlands because I I wanna I wanna maintain whatever weird bullshit cool quote unquote facade that I'm trying to put on. I want to maintain that through the winter. I want to be that guy where everybody's just wearing these fruity snow boots everywhere. I want to be able to, you know, I want to look like Biggie Smalls. I want to look like white Biggie Smalls at all times. Hat to the back, baggy baggy white jeans. And the and the uh, brown Timberlands, yeah, no. But we had a snowfall yesterday, and then it was nice today. It was okay today. It was relatively mild, still a little chilly, and I was on edge all day because it's you know again it was March first, and I promised myself I would take another stab at quitting smoking. So I've gone a full twenty four hours without a dart, and it's weird because. I just started adopting the word. I never called cigarettes darts. I was always, do you have a smoke? Do you have a cig? Do you have something? I was never a person to call them darts because it sounded way too, it sounded like I was up north. Like I, I just, you know, I huffed gas and I huffed propane and, and went fishing in my spare time. Those are the guys who call it darts. Uh, you, you got a dart there, bud? You got a dart? Fire up a dart? Get dickered with a dart? It's those guys. I was I was never one of those guys to say dart. Anytime I heard a woman, anybody that I was talking to who also s- smoked, who was like, do you have a dart? I was, I was out of there. I don't know. It's probably my problem. Maybe not theirs. <laughs> Maybe 
I have to uh, lower my standards a little bit. But, yeah, it's been a little difficult. Again, I'm taking another stab. They say on average it takes like 20 tries for you to fully quit smoking. And I'm probably, at no, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm probably number six at this point. I, uh, I had a stint in 2021 where I went like six months. 2020 into like fall 2020 into winter 2021. So six months altogether of no smoking, no drinking. And then in one full day, I went back to both. We had just a beautiful day, beautiful, mild weekend day in March, which is what's kind of spooking me a little bit about this because I don't, because I know the weather's about to get nicer in the next couple weeks. And I don't want my, my inner cigarette addict to come back and hit me and for me to be tempted. Because I've got no drinks since January 7th and now I'm no cigarettes for a full day. And I want to keep this going. I want to feel, I want to, I want to go into the summer a fresh, healthy king. I'm manifesting people, okay? I'm going to get my healing crystals. I'm taking selfies in a bubble bath with my knee poking out of the water. I'm feeling very sexual. I'm exploring my beta side. That's what I'm I'm doing. At 31 approaching 32. I'm trying to ma- everybody says you need to manifest, you need to think positively. You need to just your your positive thoughts will become a reality. And that that's what I'm going to try to do. 2023 will be the year of manifesting for Alex DeWitt. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. I don't even know where to begin. The subway is like a John Carpenter movie. That's a weird reference. That's a weird 1980s reference for all you film nerds. But it is like a, it's like an Escape from New York type movie. Every conductor you see just has an eye patch. Every train conductor is just like. They've got a bulletproof vest on with a full eye patch. They look like Snake Plissken, which is also a bit of an esoteric reference for people. That was uh, Kurt Russell's character in Escape from New York. But it does feel like that. You feel the tension. I was at Broadway Station about a month ago. and It was a Friday night. It was still relatively crowded. And I, I'm going down into the subway, headed back west, headed home. And I look into one of the crevices, like by a doorway, and there was just a guy putting a syringe into his arm. I mean, I think he's just starting the weekend right. But it was sad to see. That's not a thing that I'm used to seeing. Again, I grew up in a fairly mundane area outside of the city. I don't know how many times I need to actually mention that for you to get the message that I am not of the urban folk. But I remember seeing that, and it just—it was a reality hit of like, I am no longer a child. I am now an adult in the big, bad, concrete jungle that is the six. And I was uh, I was headed home, and I think that night I saw other things, too. Like, I just saw a guy, you know, banging his head against a wall. It's, this is the first time in Toronto, as somebody who's been around quite a bit, and someone who's been around a different U.S. cities, and I've seen different things, and I've been in crazy neighborhoods, and I've, I've, I've witnessed a bunch. I um I I just I don't this is the first time 
and I've heard people from other cities mention this about their respective cities, but this is the first time in Toronto that I have been getting New York City vibes, like actual New York City vibe. Toronto always compares itself of like, we're a cleaner New York, we're a friendlier New York. Well, we've manifested that now. See, it works. But we we are that at this point. I'm I'm feeling very uncomfortable. I'm feeling a tension that I normally didn't. Again, it's the city. You always have to watch your back. You always have to watch yourself and and be cautious coming home, especially late at night. You got to do all of those different things. You have to adopt the street smart mentality, which is uh, what a lot of people where I grew up don't have necessarily. They think they have it. They like to think that they do because they saw a kid get beaten with a skateboard at age 16, but they don't really have that at all. They don't they don't know what it's like to be riding the subway late at night as a routine. Mind you, this is a thing that I've chosen. It's not a thing that I was forced into doing. The streets did not force me into this life. Wouldn't that be weird if I just dramatically went into this big spiel about I was I was born I was born in this trap that was poverty. I'm not going to do that. But you got to be careful with these the this subway it's 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 too much i saw a guy uh, last year he just he had a full martini glass on the subway he was just ranting to people about raccoons raccoons and covid and he was just he had a full martini glass i think with maglobe ultra I think he was just pouring beer into a, a full gl- martini, a glass that was meant traditionally for martinis. Again, it's 2023. We are throwing tradition out the window. Okay, down with tra- down with the patriarchal traditions. I think martinis are an emblem of white supremacy. I will state that right here on my on on the podcast. I'm on your side, people. I've never really had martinis. I don't know anything about the martini glass. I was just that that was that's, that's a little thing called improv, everybody. Okay, appreciate it. But he's on there, and I'm I'm sitting right across from him, and I see other people next to me. There's like some teenage girls. They start they get up and move to the other end of the car. They're freaked out by this guy. I see an older guy uh, on the other side, on like the left. He gets up and moves, and now. All of a sudden, I'm alone. I'm adjacent to this potential shooter. So I have to look for my out to leave. And I'm, I'm just quickly waiting for him to move his head a little to the right or left, like out of my eye range, because I'm within his eyesight at this point. So I'm waiting for him, for his attention to be diverted elsewhere so I can make my escape and eventually he did I don't know he heard like the jingling of change or some shit like that and he just turned like quickly jolted his head to the left and I got out of there just like that I think that really fucked with him because he he probably turned his head back and then saw that the chair was empty I don't know I likely hurt the guy's feelings I'm trying to be nicer. I don't. I don't want to be this guy who's like constantly 
bitter and always going at people. That was my 20s. This is my 30s now. You don't want to be in your 30s getting a little older because I'm, I'm 31. I'm no spring chicken at this point. I like to think I am. I dress in a Jurassic Park hoodie. I'm walking around in a Goodfellas t-shirt like I'm just one of the kids. You know, those kids wearing Ray Liotta on their t-shirts all the time. You know, those young punks, those young Gen Z punks with their Charlie Chaplin neck tattoos and their Audrey Hepburn fucking hoodies. You know, children of the millennium. Ugh. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in Toronto. A lot of stuff. This John Tory situation. It's, it's, it's a lot. I don't know. Everybody's got a take about John Tory. It's all the same thing. Oh, he's an old creep that went for a younger woman who's like 30. She's 31. Okay, I'm 31. I would love for a 70-year-old dude to just take me out of this rat trap. I'll 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 switch over to the other team. I'll go. I'll go gay. I'll if if it makes me. If I can get in a mansion, I'll I'll do it. I'm a progressive king. No, but everybody's going on. Mayor John Tory of Toronto. He's been mayor for I don't even know how long. I should have this up because I was planning to talk about it. I should have had this prepared. It's one of my things. Mayor John Tory, uh, who is 68 years old. 68 years old. Uh, he's been married to Barbara Hackett. That's a uh, that's an old school dame. Barbara, you don't hear many people named Babs Hackett anymore, which I think we should bring back. I'm, I'm sure he called her Babs. He was born in 1954. Anybody... If if you called a woman Babs and she said, um, my name is Barbara, you would drop her immediately. And you would just go, you know, find, I don't know, some woman named Bertha or June. But John Tory, who has been a uh, of the Progressive Conservative Party, or no, he was, uh, he was, he's an independent now. I don't know why I'm going through this, but he's been in office since 2004. He succeeded uh, Mayor Daddy Rob Ford, the the great legendary Rob Ford, who is now on t-shirts. He's been immortalized by not just Canada, but the world in a lot of ways. John Tory uh, was, uh, went to a, he was, he did a, he threw like a press conference. This is a few weeks ago now. I haven't spoken about it. I should have talked about it last week. But he threw a press conference where he decided to come out and say, over the past year or so, during COVID, I had an affair with a younger woman whose name I don't believe has been disclosed to the public. And then he just decided to resign right there. He's like, in the next couple of weeks, I'm resigning from office and it will be taken over by somebody else. And all people could talk about was just what he looked like. And I, I got to say, this is my only take on this. 
Say what you want about him having an affair. It's never good. Those things are complicated. There's people, again, who've been married for a long time, who've fallen out of love, who still have to be married, but they're with other people. There's a lot of nuance when it comes to cheating an affair, especially when you've been married for that long. He's been married since 1978. So that could be a slog for some people. It could be a true slog. But my whole thing is everybody wanted to comment on his looks. And I find the people who were commenting on his looks and and saying, well, he's an old creep and he looks like the Crypt Keeper and he's all, they're just throwing out all of these insults. Like all, all of these insults. All of, did I say insults? All of these insults. Jesus Christ. Do I have to edit this out? I think I feel like Edward Norton in Fight Club right now. I feel just uh. people ask me if I know John Tory. So they're throwing out insults left, right, and center, talking about how old he looks, how decrepit, what a curmudgeon he looks like. And I find it hypocritical from these because these are the same people oftentimes by the looks of them from the videos that I've seen. They're the people who will say, well, don't fat shame. Don't insult someone's appearance. You are beautiful at just the way you are. But then they go at John Tor and say, again, say what you want about his cheating. I'm not saying that it's correct. But when you start going after his looks, that's another thing. John Tory is an older man, and I know for a fact that there are some women who are into older men. They find them attractive. Who am I to judge? There's men who are into older women, but we, we are talking about younger women with an older man right now. But John Tory just is one of those guys that a lot of women might be charmed by. He might have charisma. My argument isn't really doing well here but these are the same people who will say like beauty is subjective i wrote this the other day that they will he will say things like beauty is subjective i mean sure he looks like he ghost wrote the raven he looks like he worked for edgar Allan poe sure okay but there are some women who see that gothic look that gothic hairdo they see that they might think he's a 10. Again, looks are subjective. They're, he may be attractive to many people. I mean, the, the emo scene stuff, that's back in. Have you been to a Hot Topic lately? He looks like he manages a Hot Topic. He looks like the branch manager of a Hot Topic at Square One Mall or at Scarborough Town Center. He looks like just a guy who wants to hang out with the kids. He looks like a guy who just wants to wear a Jeepers Creepers t-shirt and bump that new My Chemical Romance. He's the kind of guy, he has the kind of hairdo maybe that, like, you know, he's, he's probably chatting it up with the kid. Hey, are you guys going to when we were young? I sure remember that time. He could be attractive to some. I said I, I said recently that he he does look like a mage 
from the 1400s. He looks like the only guy in the castle that can read. That was currency back then. Those guys played a significant role. He looks like the only guy in the kingdom, medieval, who could read or write. There are some women who get off to that shit. There are some women who might fap to that idea. Oh my God. Do you write with a quill? Fap, 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 fap. Do you use black ink? Oh, John Tory. Do you, you do you dip your quill in black ink, John? Oh my god. I also said that if you put the de-aging filter on him, like a lot of people are doing, if you put the de-aging filter on John Tory's face, he'd look like a 45-year-old skateboarder who just rides around puffing a vape pen. He's got a Bluetooth speaker that he keeps in a backpack. That is surely a Jansport. He sells cigarettes that he bought from a reservation to high school kids. There's a lot of women who are into that guy. Anyways, enough about John Tory. What I'm trying to say is love is blind. That's what this episode will be called, probably. Love is blind. Uh, how long have I been going for with this shit show? What else do I want to talk about? Spy balloons? We didn't talk about that. I, we had a great podcast. Me and my, uh, really my best buddy, Max Ross, who I've known since high school, he came on the pod uh, just last week, it was his, I think, fourth appearance on Something's Off. And we, again, we just shot the shit, talked about multiple things. Max uh, shared a lovely tale about his family surviving World War II, his Polish family and uh, some Ukrainian relatives who survived the war. And it was very heartfelt and quite inspiring. I woke up the next morning with, with a, a deeper appreciation for life. But he is not on. No, we, we had a good talk. But there was a few things that we didn't talk about, I guess. I don't, I don't even know what to go on with. I don't know. The Oscars are coming. The Oscars, I, I don't care about the Oscars anymore. I really think that they, they really peaked with last year's thing. To think that it's been a year since the Will Smith... Excuse me, to think that it's been a year since the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap, that iconic slap heard around the world, as the, the media called it, to think it's been a year since that, I mean, time flies. To think it's been a year since the, the, the legendary hosting job by Wanda Sykes and Amy Pol or not Amy Pol Amy Schumer. It really does go by quick, but I really don't think that this will be. But I don't. I don't know. Jimmy Kimmel's hosting. I mean, he's mouthed off. He's pissed off a lot of people. He he's. What if he mouths off to somebody? I guarantee you, there's probably. I, I'm not going to guarantee because it's never a guarantee. 
but I am I am willing to bet that somebody they are going to try to do like a skit or an act out where somebody Jimmy Kimmel says something to one of like the tough guys in the crowd, like he says something to The Rock or something to Bradley Cooper. Not Bradley Cooper's not a tough guy necessarily, but he says something to like one of like the more manlier men in the crowd. He makes a joke at their expense and they act out something like they walk up on stage after Jimmy Kimmel and everybody's like, Oh, what's going to happen? Is it going to be another hit? Is the rock going to kill somebody on camera? And they're going to act it out. Like he's actually going to punch him and and it it doesn't happen. I don't know. They make out or something like that. I guarantee I I can almost, I'm willing to bet that there's going to be something like that. But the Oscars used to be fun. That's my whole thing. I'm not interested in it. I don't have cable. I'm not going to look to stream the Oscars this year. I tried last year because I was just I was bored in my home on a Sunday. And I was interested in seeing what was going on. And again, like I, I had to be texted that somebody, that, uh, that Will Smith went crazy and hit Chris Rock. My, I think it was Max Ross who texted me, actually. But I'm, I'm just really not interested this year. I have no, there, there's nothing that's really getting me to watch. Like, none of the movies, you know, actually, there were a few great movies this year. But the, it, there, there weren't any that I'm like, I need to see if this movie wins an award. I need to see that. I was your, It's not like 2019 where you had fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You had Parasite. You had Jojo Rabbit, The Lighthouse. You had all of these different movies that were, were up. I don't know. Was, was Lighthouse up for an award? But it was great, right? You had The Irishman. Just these amazing movies, and even movies that weren't even nominated, like Uncut Gems, I thought was like tremendous. And then you, oh, you also had 1917. Great movies that were coming out that just kind of resonated with me, and I, I enjoyed. That was like one of the last great years for cinema that we had because 2020 was garbage. The COVID years were garbage for films. A couple good movies that slipped through the crib, but for the most part, it was. I still haven't seen Nomadland. Trial of the Chicago Seven was was a dud. It was just uninteresting and and largely inaccurate. And again, the the Oscars isn't as fun anymore. They used to nominate fun movies, the movies that were the crowd pleasers. They got recognition from the Academy. Jaws was a Best Picture nominee. Raiders of the Lost Ark, E. T. Titanic was a Best Picture nominee. Lord of the Rings, all these things. The Dark Knight, for whatever reason, they just didn't want to nominate it. For so, I guess because it was a superhero movie. But then, I think they corrected. Like Inception, Toy Story 3, all of these like terrific films got recognition. They were big with, with audiences and with critics. And they got the Best Picture nomination because people like that kind of shit. Sometimes they won. But now they don't. It's Every movie just has to be about... Just a, a, a middle-aged man with cancer who has a gay son, and he doesn't like the gay son because he's an old conservative, and he's got a Confederate flag tattooed on his back, and he's just all these things. And then you, you, the, his whole growth in the movie is that he just learns not to be homophobic, and then he dies. That's the whole film. Does anybody want to watch that? Not not every movie has to make me want 
to get into my bathtub with a toaster, everybody. Not every film makes me want to get a trazodone prescription where I'm just popping antidepressants every 30 seconds because I just saw a movie about a woman with no legs whose family has abandoned her. And it just happens to be a good performance, but it's a sad, mundane film. I don't need it. Can we just get a movie about a fucking dude who just owns a bunch of hippos? Or something, just something interesting with a great story that people like. Can you nominate a a film about, just nominate a horror film. Nominate anything that people like. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, that was a great movie. It made, I think, some money in theaters. It it wasn't like this massive box office smash or anything like that. It it wasn't, you know, it it wasn't the Avengers or anything like that. But it it was a really great movie. I think that's probably going to win because it does check all the boxes, but it was a genuinely terrific film. The guy from the Goonies was in it. The guy, uh, Ki Hai Kwan or whatever, who's he's really likable in movies. Who was it? Who was who went away for a long time because there wasn't a lot of roles for him, and and Hollywood just kind of shut him out after he turned a certain age. And he's in these new movies. I just I think yeah, I I like him. That movie's probably going to win. There's a couple other movies, All Quiet on the Western Front, which was amazing. I think I talked about it on, on one podcast that I did, but that was incredible. The Fablemans with Steven Spielberg that I saw at TIFF. Wonderful. A lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people said it was very slow, it was very long. I just like movies that are about making movies and about that one. I don't know. I get, I get a little queefy when I watch stuff like that because I'm a film lover. But uh, what else? Oh, The Whale. I saw The Whale and I liked it. I thought it was good. It made my top 10 list of the year because I, I just didn't see a ton of movies in theaters this year. But I I, I really like that. Uh, it was good. Like, again, it's it's a movie just... Everybody was mad because they, they it, it perpetuated fat stereotypes for some reason or stereotypes about obesity because it, it didn't show. It's like, I don't really know what you're looking for this guy to do. I don't know. The guy weighs 600 pounds. I'm pretty sure he's just couch ridden his entire life. Like, I think people, when they get to that weight, I've watched TLC. You're really relegated to just a life of seclusion. When you are that weight, it's a sad reality of people who who get to that weight is they can't really do a whole lot with their bodies. I don't know what they because every review was just saying, well, Brendan Fraser, he doesn't really do much. He just kind of sits around. He's just lethargic and he eats and he jerks off. He jerks off and once it the whole the, the movie opening is just him jerking off. And it's what it is, I suppose, but I don't know what you're, are you expecting a scene where he just springs up from his sofa and and starts twerking to Cardi B's WAP? Do you want him to start salsa dancing? Do you want him to do, it's, it's about a 600 pound man. And it's a sad tear jerking movie, has a few terrific scenes. 
And Brendan Fraser is great. I'm glad to see Brendan Fraser back because he's had a ride. He looks like a guy for the for the longest time. You would see him at like comic cons, and he would just look. He would just be. He was one of those guys who. What you could see was clearly depressed. He had clearly gone through a lot, but he was also going through a really hilarious midlife crisis. So there was that complexity to it. It was difficult because you wanted to feel sorry for him, but you also wanted to laugh hysterically because he he'd just be up on stage wearing a cowboy hat, talking about the mummy. Oh, this is my chair. God, I got this. I got to get a new table. There's a lot. I'm just performing in a shack right now for you guys. Brendan Fraser, the thing about him is he's so likable. He just, he seems like a likable dude. And I think Hollywood needs that. They need somebody who is just universally loved. And he, it's right now it's his turn. It used to be Tom Hanks until Tom Hanks just became a dingus. Tom Hanks is now like the old curmudgeon in movies who's just, the new movie that he was in, he just plays a grumpy old man. He's just like, he's beta Clint Eastwood. I used to love Tom Hanks, and he was in my, Saving Private Ryan, still one of my favorite movies, still probably in my top five movies of all time. There's a lot of movies that I've enjoyed by him, Cast Away. He's done a lot of cool. Philadelphia is a great movie. Love films with happy endings. But it was, uh, yeah. Brendan Fraser, it's his new thing. Now, he's the latest guy who just everybody loves. Like, you can't say one bad thing about Brendan Fraser. Or it's like, you, you are a public pariah. You're just ostracized from people. If you say that, if you say one bad thing about Monkey Bone, it's over for you. You might lose your job, your apartment. You might have a landlord who is a who is really in a blast from the past. Encino Man, Airheads, all those things. Brendan Fraser had like a run of really crazy comedies in the in the nineties. Like, really absurd movies that were just... People come out now and they're like, yeah, that's my favorite movie of all time. I got the poster in my bedroom. It's on my ceiling. It's the... Just Brendan Fraser's eyes. Brendan Fraser's big blue eyes are the last thing I see before I go to bed at night. Wouldn't it be wild if Brendan Fraser, after, like, if he wins this Oscar, because people are saying that he's going to win the Oscar and it's going to be, like, one of the ultimate comeback stories. Wouldn't it be crazy if Brendan Fraser just won his Oscar and his speech, he just started going off on gender-neutral bathrooms? He just, he just, go he just, he comes out as, like, a full right-wing fox. He, <laughs> he just drops, like, he just drops promo for his new show on Fox News. Where he just starts, he gets up and he's like, I, I think Biden's just, uh, yeah, I really don't like him. I really don't like, 
I think uh, Ron DeSantis' whole movement is, is wonderful. And uh, I really wish him the best in 2024. It'd be wild if he just if he if he won his award, if he won his Oscar and just immediately pulls a MAGA hat out from his jacket and just puts it on. I really think that Biden stole the election and uh yeah. For the next mummy movie, we will be digging up the body of Richard Nixon. Yeah, poor Brendan. I don't know what you guys are still listening for. This is this is this has been over for probably fifteen minutes, but uh, yeah, this was a, a fun one. I really uh, enjoyed you guys. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so tired right now. Uh, I'm just I'm just going off. I'm just I'm saying all these miscellaneous. That we, I'm just talking about, I'm just, I'm spitting out like miscellaneous topics. Just, yeah, laundromats, giraffe necks, dolphins, flat screen TVs, red carpets, yeah, euthanasia. All right, everybody. Something's Odd Podcast. This is, I think, episode 78. Follow me on Alex DeWitt Comedy. I will have my comedy dates there. Uh, it would be mostly in Toronto. So, uh, yeah. There it is.